You're ready. Let's do this. Okay. Time's up. Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins. I think that was one of the first times something on the internet made me like cry yeah. laughing. I was. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah. No, so it was. They're sitting out there planning, ready, <laughs> and he just goes, time's up. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> Oh my god, I loved it. I still love it to this day. <laughs> just, just the defeated To this day. God damn it, Leroy. God damn it, Leroy. Oh, at least I got some chicken. <laughs> and they got Mwah, they art. got annihilated. Art. It's it is. It's pure art. Mm-hmm. It's pure art. Internet Leroy. art. Early internet art. Mm-hmm. They're gonna hang that one day in the Louvre. You know, you don't get moments like that anymore. You mm. get too much fabrication. Ugh. Too many people trying to go viral. Yeah, Whatever I mean, there's still some good ones on Twitter. You see some good, see some funny content. They they nearly never happen on purpose, though. Right. So people don't realize about virality. Is it always happens <clears throat> randomly? Really? Yeah. Well, you work for companies that are always like, "How do we go viral?" Oh yeah. So we're right? the worst question like, we ever get. How do we go viral? How do we go viral? How do we do this? Like, let's make a, let's make a viral video. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Let's make a viral video. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's not how these things work. No. Nobody wants... It's like... They don't want it organically. No. You know? No. <clears throat> they want to they fish for it. They want to fight for it. They want to figure it out. Yeah. That is that is the one beautiful thing about going viral. Mm-hmm. Is that it's pure 90% of the time. Yeah. It's, it's like lightning striking. Yes. Because I, for one, I have impressive content on my Twitter. <laughs> the qual the quality the quality it's top notch top notch yeah but i get maybe on average three to five likes yeah i hear you man an occasional retweet that may push me up to six likes possibly mm-hmm. i think uh i think i i said something knocked it out of the park and you get into the double digit likes and you're like oh yeah i did I we did it here. i did something here. Mm-hmm. And then it just stops, and you're like, fuck. I'm never going to go viral. We'll try again. I'm never going to be able to post my links mm. in the thread. Anyway, while well, I got you here, <laughs> here's my SoundCloud. I got nothing to promote, but I got everything to promote. I got everything to fucking promote, baby. Mm-hmm. Everything. We got po- podcasts galore. Podcasts. We got podcasts. We got motherfucking music. We got we just making art. You know what I'm saying? We just making art around here. You can do floors. I can do floors, motherfucker. By the way, your aunt never, she never got back to me. Hmm. All right. I don't know. My aunt wants some floors done. I guess she didn't really want them that bad. She didn't want them that bad. All right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> while we got you guys here, let's have some beer. Let's review that beer and uh, let's have ourselves a nice fireside chat. Hmm. Uh, my name's Marco Dupa, if you didn't know already. And my partner in crime is Adam Obesius Rodriguez. What's up, Brewskies? Tonight's brew is from Funky Buddha Brewery. It's the Manhattan Double Rye. Baby, this thing was, it was aged Mm. in uh, rye barrels. Barrels. It's 12.7 ABV. Should serve it at 42%, just a fun fact. So, uh... 42%? 
I'm sorry, 40, 42 <laughs> degrees. Yeah, sorry, I'm still in the... Are you crazy? <laughs> so this is part of their Mixology series. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a couple of good ones in there. Um, and I like, I mean, oh, whenever they do, <clears throat> whenever they get, I was going to say whenever they get funky. <laughs> whenever <laughs> Funky Buddha gets funky with it, I you know... It's hit or miss, honestly. Yeah, no, we've we've been very vocal about Funky mm-hmm. Bruda. Bruda. That's an even better name. Funky Bruda. Funky Bruda. Bruda. Um, however, this this beer in particular stood out to me based on the box. Looks very classy. Also, I like rye. And this is a Manhattan style mm-hmm. inspired by the cocktail of Manhattan. Do you need any more reasons? Not really. We're going to have a good time tonight. Mm. This is the One Baron Podcast. very easy to drink this is really good yeah agreed <clears throat> um shout out to uh tomaco brewing company their oceanside white ipa is really good yeah it's pretty it's good it's very refreshing having a uh, little precast refreshment and uh yeah. yeah it's not a bad not a bad choice yeah <clears throat> i fucks with it you know what i'm saying i fucks with it and yeah 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 we get it it's <laughs> well technically you're already one beer in yeah we know yeah okay Here's a here's a little secret for you guys. We're never one beer Just in. Yet. Never, 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 never. Hashtag never one beer in. Never one beer in. <clears throat> so, uh, I finally went to the um, um, uh, rent a car place, right? Mm. And after <clears throat> your car accident, yes, finally got myself a rental car so I can go back to work. Nice. So. Did you ask for the Lambo? <laughs> I they had a charger. Ooh. <laughs> and and he was like, we were walking out to the car, to my car, mm-hmm. and he was like, Do you want this? And I'm like, Can I yeah, can I yeah. have this? And he's like, if you want to give me two hundred more dollars a day. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. What no. an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um But here's the irony of all ironies. You mm-hmm. ready for this? Yep. The car that they gave me to drive around mm-hmm. is the exact make and model of the car that hit me. <laughs> Down to the year. It was a 2018 Chevy Cruze. Wow. The only thing that's different is the... Uh, look at Dum Dum here. The only thing that's different is the color of the car. They was, had... I, it's like psychological <clears throat> games. Yeah. The insurance company had to be fucking with it's you. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. It's fucked up. The universe is fucked up. Yep. So I'm driving around in the enemy, <laughs> and it's actually a really nice car. Good. It's a really nice car. Yeah. Uh, but that's... You know, you always get... You always get that top of the line shit mm-hmm. when you get a rental car, man. Of course, rental car is like that's splurge time. Yeah, it's like it's like um, it's like staying somewhere for free or mm-hmm. like it's a drivable hotel. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. You're like, this is nice. This is nice. This is a home away from home. Yeah. This is this isn't my shit. It smells it's clean. Nice shit. Yeah, get it. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's like wearing a new shoe. You know, you yeah. get that, that you get a new nice shoe for new a week. Feel that new shoe smell. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, back on the road, feeling, feeling free again. Mm-hmm. 
it's weird, you know, that getting that independence taken from you. Yeah. And I mean, it's especially true of us in Florida. I feel like people in bigger cities won't really get this because they can take public transit anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, but here it's like you can't. You you cannot sustain yourself and have a a life if you don't have a car. Yeah, everything's a half hour away. You can't walk anywhere generally, unless you're like downtown. Um, it would be nice to live downtown though. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad if I'm, you work down there. If anyway. you work down there, yeah. If you had to get out of downtown and into downtown every day, that'd be hell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's more noticeable here when you don't have a car. Yeah, because you can't go anywhere. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, this isn't one of those. Just like you said, you can't. There's. I mean, there is public transit, but you know, what are you gonna do? Walk to the fucking bus stop from your house, right? And then wait three hours for yeah. the next bus, and then take the one bus to the next bus, to right? Get to the other bus, like no. You'd be going all day. Yeah. Which I'm sure people do. God yeah, bless them. I mean, but... I know, I know people who do that, and and you know, God bless. Yeah. You know, I I don't envy. You do what you gotta do, but and yeah, <clears throat> you know, I wish. I do not wish that upon anybody. No, especially during the summer. Oh God! Can you imagine? What a fucking nightmare. Oof. So yeah, back Just walk out there naked. Got those wheels. Not have to worry about that. Don't have to go naked. I mean, mm-hmm. unless I want to. You could if you want. Especially in that Chevy Cruze. Nice I seats. mean, it's like I said, it's like a hotel. You do exactly. dirty things in there. You just jack off on the seats. Don't even clean it up. Just let it cake on the seat. I don't know if they, that's all right. But... Well, I mean, home away from home, right? Mm. Is that not where you? Wait, do you do that here? Well, don't ask questions that you don't want the answers to. How about that? So, back on it. Feeling pretty good. Feeling fine. Don't really want to go back to work. But, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Only because I have to get up so fucking early. Yeah, I mean, compared to your old job, this is a... Still a cakewalk. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to count your blessings, I guess. Right. You got to always keep... You got to always keep perspective. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Nothing gives you perspective like immediately losing your livelihood and your way to get around. You're just like it's like in one fell swoop. Oh, so I'm effed now. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Great. It's like it's like a it's like a giant comes by and then just picks up your car, just walks away. <laughs> oh, with this it. And you're is like, hey, mine. Uh, can I have that bed? No. no. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I guess I'm fucked now. <laughs> that's it. You just use it as a giant skate. <laughs> I, I imagine him just playing with it, just. <laughs> And he just tosses it. <laughs> Fiesta, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm hopefully when every, everything gets worked out with you know the powers that be, I'll be back on the market try to find my own car. Yeah. And I don't know what to get. <sighs> that's a big question, right? That's a big question because this is something that's gonna I'm gonna be with for hopefully the next. However long I can hold on to the fucking car. Yeah, as long as you can maintain it. I can, te- I can tell you this. Uh-huh. The the two things that I'm definitely going to get in this car, it's going to be an automatic. Okay. And power windows and all all, all the power yeah. power on all that shit. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I went with with the car that so I. So you're had. saying you got lazy? That's what you're saying. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm tired of it, man. Yeah. Ever since um twenty two thousand nine. Okay. I've been driving a stick shift car. The Cavalier was a stick shift. Then I got the mm-hmm. Fiesta. Both both stick shifts. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Fucking sick of it. But you know, it's good that you got that experience. 
So now you can drive a stick whenever you need to. Yeah, that's true. May, may the need arise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, after that time, you, I could see why it's out of your system now. <clears throat> and you're ready to not worry about your left foot. Right. <clears throat> the, the thing that was always, always in my head, the thought was always like, what if, what if I'm driving with like my dad or my mm-hmm. mom and they have like a heart attack or something and mm-hmm. I can't get them to the hospital because I don't know how to drive a stick shift. Yeah. I feel good. like such a fucking bozo. That's a good point. Yeah. Like who doesn't know how to drive a stick? And then the older you get, you, the more you realize like nobody knows how to drive a stick Nowadays, shift. Nowadays, no. It's, it's insane. Yeah, the, the, it's rare. The, like, in America, at least. Yeah, in America. In the UK, right. everybody has a stick shift. Right. Here, no one knows how to drive a stick, and it blows my mind. Not because I'm like some pretentious car guy, because mm-hmm. I'm definitely not. I mean, I'm yeah. pretentious for sure, right? But not, not a, car a car guy. guy. No. Uh, but to, the fact that people don't know how to drive a stick is is mind blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Like that people grow up and they just don't know how to do it. Yeah, no, a lot of them don't have uh, the uh, the opportunity to. Right. Yeah, and I'm not judging anybody who doesn't know how to drive one. It's yeah. just amazing the amount of people who mm-hmm. don't know how well, to drive. I'd say vast majority. Yeah. And that's fascinating that there's like a concept, like a thing that people used to do all the time. Mm-hmm. It was the only way to do it. Yeah. And now people are growing up and have no clue. They look at it and just go, I can't drive that. It's like I the, uh, the, the, re- the reaction guys videos, you know? Yeah. Right. Yes, like, exactly. Kids react to <laughs> they look Game at, Boy. And they're looking at a stick shift and they're going, I, I, don't, I don't even know what this is, bro. Modern anti-theft device. <laughs> and then they just uh, they do the floss dance and they leave. That's it. That's yeah, it. I've, I've seen that meme and it's like, it, like the memes used to, I used to think like, there's no way that many people don't know how to drive a stick Oh shift. no, that many people don't know how to drive a Seriously, stick shift. It's, it's, kind, of, it's yeah. kind of insane. Well, as a pretentious car guy, I'm glad I finally <laughs> was able to get a stick shift car of my own. Here, here. Here, here. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> whoa! We're about we're about almost fifteen minutes in. We hadn't even tasted it yet. Yeah, this is our first sip, <laughs> and that's yeah, that's something else. That's something else. Um, but yeah, so you finally got a car that has a stick right. shift. You finally inherited uh my brother's IS three hundred, and that baby can move. Yeah. What what year is it? Um, I actually don't know. It's got to be at least ten, right? At least ten, fifteen years old. Yeah, it's probably ten years old. I'd say. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Probably around there. That boy can get up. Yeah, now it's it's a fun car to drive. Mm-hmm. Well, now that I've kind of gotten the hang of it, it's a little uh, hit and miss there for a minute, but uh, <laughs> you know, I got you're just the hang. a little little heavy, levy, he, last, levy okay. heavy, levy heavy, little heavy footed. Yeah. on the uh, on the on the. Uh, um, Accelerator? Uh, not on the accelerator, but well, actually, it's the rhythm. <laughs> it's the rhythm of getting the yeah. uh, uh, taking your foot off the clutch mm-hmm. and putting your foot on the accelerator. I just have no patience. Yeah, that's that's exactly what that's what it felt like. Yeah, so I, I I've I'm driving like I'm in Fast and Furious. Yeah, I'm just trying to go, <laughs> which <laughs> which you can do. Yeah, um, if you have enough road to do it, <laughs> and that's the other drawback about living here. Yeah, is there may be enough road, but there's enough cars too to stop you from doing that. Yeah, and see, that's the other thing about wanting the automatic car. Mm-hmm. My my current job, all I do is drive. Right. I, I'm I'm fucking sick of downshifting, upshifting, downshifting, yeah, upshifting. It, it gets tiring, especially it's, if you're in traffic. It's yeah, just a pain in the fucking, ass. It is. That's the that's the perfect. It's just a pain in the ass. It's not worth it. No. But yeah, you as a car guy finally. Mm-hmm. 
How could you have gone so long without getting a stick shift car? Because I've literally sustained my my driving life just getting hand-me-downs. That's right. Yeah. So I never had the opportunity to pick my own car. And this, this again, was not an opportunity for me to pick my own car. <laughs> no. But it just so happened my brother had a stick shift. So here I am with a stick shift. <laughs> now, will I get a stick shift moving forward? If I can find the right car that I actually, you know, a sportier car that I would like mm. uh to be manual then yeah i probably will at least one more time until yeah. i sell down have kids and you know buy a farm or something I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um right but uh if i can't and i have to go for more of something you know um i don't know just more fuel efficient and more considerative of space and safety mm-hmm. i like that price automatic it doesn't yeah. make any sense not to. It know, really like, doesn't. It's probably hard to find a manual car nowadays. It's just it's one of those things like people, you know, older people are like, you got to learn how to do it. you got to learn how to do it. And, I mean, you don't really. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. It's like how many people know how to use a rotary phone outside of, you know, our generation. Right. You know? And that's the like, – we're on that – we're on that – um that the cusp of yeah. that, you know, right there where people were like, why would you use that? But we're young enough to, or old enough mm-hmm. to have, when we were younger, right. we had the lingering, yeah. you know, it's, they were getting rid of them. We know it at least in a pop culture sense. If we didn't grow up with one, we know about it yeah. at least, you know. Yeah. My grandma, I remember she had one. I was like, holy shit, yeah. you still have one of these. Mm-hmm. I said that even when I was like five. <laughs> holy shit. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ, Grandma. Those are she, pretty funny, too. And she beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <clears throat> what, rotary phones? Those, yeah, I was going to say, those are pretty funny, too, because like they had actual like bells in them. Mm. So if you hit them hard enough, you hear the ding. Yeah. So. Which I like, I like that. Yeah, it's I especially like fun when you hang up really hard and you hear that ding. ding. Yeah. yeah. See, people don't get that satisfaction. And I've seen people say this before. Mm-hmm. You don't get that satisfaction of hanging up right. on somebody. Flipping a flip phone closed yeah. or slamming a fucking handheld mm. device down onto the, the the thing that was holding right. it. Right, the cradle. That disconnected it. Like. Well, and that's the thing, too. Uh, a lot of people don't realize hang up your phone, the phrase, is an outdated term. Right. You don't hang up you don't phone hang anymore. Up. You don't hang up on no, anybody. you're not doing that. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're disconnecting you the call. You end the call. Now. Yeah, you end the call. Right. You don't hang up on no. somebody. You, no, what no. are you hanging not pressing a button. You hit a button. You're That's pressing all. the red button. That's it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One of these guys at my job, he was like, uh, he was mad because his kid, his kid's not being taught how to write cursive. And he's like, I'm gonna teach my kid how to write cursive. And I'm like, why? Bro? Why? <laughs> the only thing you need to know in cursive is your own name. Just, just a signature. You right. don't even need to know cursive. You yeah. just need to know how to chicken scratch it so it looks like a signature. <laughs> I, there's like four letters in my in my signature, mm-hmm. and I know how to uh, write cursive. Yeah. Again, we were one of the last generations to learn how to write mm-hmm. cursive. Now all the kids, they like they have they get laptops. Yeah. They're just typing. Typing. Everything. Yeah. But the thing about that is, that's one thing where it's like, yeah, who, who cares? Mm-hmm. Let them type. Well, the, uh, and that's uh, I feel like it's very old man to look at that and uh, wave your fist at it because. Right. Sure, I wish I I learned how to type on a laptop when I was in fifth grade. Yeah, you know that would have made me a way faster typer at this point. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it it's just a, a transition of skill, really. Yeah, yeah. That, and I see like, people compare that all the time. 
Like, you know, ah, these kids, they don't, they don't even know how to write their own fucking name in cursive. You know, we're, they're going to grow up and they're not even going to know how to write. And it's like, yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah. Who's writing anymore? Nobody yeah. writes stuff. And yeah. If, if, if the internet went down and like we went back to the fucking stone ages, you, you don't think uh, people would figure it out. You think there would be like, you think there would, if, if there was an apocalypse, mm-hmm. do you think there'd still be a fucking postal service? Um, we'd have messenger pigeons and shit yeah with like you know just a just a just food just just <laughs> people writing food mm-hmm. food question mark and yeah. just sending that to the next person i think the i think the postal service would last. or they probably would eat the uh pigeon it's true i guess well, you think they, the postal service would last well they would think they would eat the pigeon because they think it was just labeled food <laughs> right um somebody if they forgot the question mark right and then we just go food. oh this is a present yes. from from the other village you're welcome eat it yes the postal service would make it um rain sleet hail or armageddon <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess they would they would that's that's uh shout out to the postal service mm-hmm. shout out to the mailman keep it up Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thug dizzle. <clears throat> I don't know how we got here. Um, learning how to do stuff. Yeah, new stuff. learn old how stuff, to do outdated stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, learning how to do outdated stuff. Right. Exactly. When I got my car, I specifically asked for a stick shift because it's cheaper. Yeah. Because the and and I figured out why. Uh, the parts. Yeah. Right. To yeah. go to to which I mean I guess well, that man, yeah manual cars is far less uh, the transmission I should say is far less complex. Yes. Than it, less moving parts and that's you exactly use for right. Automatic. I found this out because I'm working for a company that delivers <laughs> transmission parts. Right. Right. <laughs> and somebody in the warehouse explained this mm-hmm. to me, and they were like, "This is." They showed me a package mm-hmm. of all the parts that go into. A stick shift transmission, right? And then all the parts that go into an automatic. Yeah. There's all these fucking bells and whistles and gaskets. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and rubber things and all kinds of shit. To right. Get. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. I understand. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, as you would think, it eliminates a. It's a technology that eliminates a step that you would normally have to do. Yeah. So of course, there's there's parts in there that have to yeah. do stuff for you. But the the thing about it is like it's it it's hard to kind of wrap your head around it, right? Because in automatic, you do less. So you would think that there would be less, it's less intensive, so there's less in the car, right? I mean, your brain just kind of like, like you don't, at least I don't think about it in terms of it's automatic because there's more technology in there to, right, exactly. Whereas uh, a six shift car, a manual, to me just feels like an antiquated thing. And so like what goes into it the reason it was cheaper to me, mm-hmm. or the uh, the my theory on it was that it was just there was like it's it's old antiquated parts, so it's just like rods and pistons that are just <laughs> like just <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah. So it's like, of course, this is cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's just like a crank. It's it, it's literally just a <laughs> yeah. crank that you just put it to where it needs to be, and then once your RPMs get high enough, you put it in the in the next spot. Right. So I didn't like conceptualize the fact that more parts would go into an automatic to Mm -hmm. make it automatic yeah when i first started driving i honestly felt like i was in like a silent movie (laughs) and like just you know like a a, a, an elevator operator or something you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) and just picturing all the gears spinning together and yeah like wow this feels old yeah 
but it's nice. It's good to have that uh, that connection with yeah. your car. Yeah, exactly. You know your car. You know your car better than anybody else. Yeah. You know exactly how it feels. You know exactly how much when you get to E. You know exactly how far you can go before that bitch runs out. Yeah. You just get to you just get to know it. Yeah. How high the RPMs you can push right. before you gotta. You get that it. sound. Like I'll be blasting music. And I'll just know, like, oh, I need to change gears mm-hmm. at this point. Yep. Like, I, you know, <clears throat> finally starting to get that sixth sense yeah. of like, uh, okay, I'm starting to feel that. Well, you can especially if you're not if 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 you're listening, like, you don't have to look at the RPMs right. if you're listening to your car. Yeah. That's that's how my mom taught me to drive mm-hmm. six shift. She was like, you know, the RP, you obviously pay attention to both. Right. You know where the RPMs are supposed to be when you change gears, but the other thing is you listen mm-hmm. and and you know exactly how far you can push it how far it, it and and where you need to yeah. change gears. Well, once more. you get it down, it becomes second nature. Yeah. You just have to get Well, yeah, when you're used to it. When you're super comfortable with it, you don't even think about it. Right. I don't even I don't think about changing gears. The only time I think about changing gears is when uh stop and go traffic, obviously. Mm-hmm. So anyway, <laughs> we spent about switching gears. Switching gears. <laughs> In more uh, uh, relevant news, <laughs> music-related news, mm-hmm. we both kind of independently were keeping up with this thing. Yeah. So we're both both pretty big fans of the internet's busiest music nerd, mm-hmm. uh, the Needle Drop, Anthony Fantano. Yep. Prolific uh, uh, internet music reviewer. Mm-hmm. Um, meme reviewer. <laughs> Formerly. Uh, basically a meme in and of himself yeah at this point true uh, internet personality so we 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 listen to and watch his reviews and we agree and sometimes disagree i know that i disagree with him on a, on a couple of albums wholeheartedly and yeah he's completely wrong on a lot of things but that's the beauty of having musical debates right discussions either way he's uh, i i want i'm speaking for you right now <clears throat> um he is a uh pretty well respected music reviewer yeah. and tends to give opinions that at least if you don't agree with have uh, you know a good good sense of why yeah there's why a, he feels there's the a way. thought behind them right. there's a thought behind them and well thought a, out reviews yes they're articulate even if you disagree uh, he makes a compelling case for why he feels the way that he feels it never feels like it never feels cheap it right. never feels like he's just saying something there's always it always seems like okay I disagree completely, but I, he has explained enough that I understand why he feels the way that he does. He's wrong, <laughs> but I, I right. get it. I get right. it. And those are, those are the kind of music discussions I like to have with people. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I don't like arguing with people anymore. I used to. When I was a kid, I would fucking, dude, I would, I would sit there and <laughs> I would argue all. I remember <clears throat> when I was in high school, dog, I used to argue with people all day. Because when I was in high school... Um, I got okay. Two thousand three, two thousand four. So I got, I got, I, I was in freshman year, two thousand four. Um, Jay Z had retired a year ago, and right. Lil Wayne was on the come up. He mm-hmm. was like crushing it on the mixtape circuit, just, just eating people alive. Guest verses out of control. He was the fucking man, right? Right. So uh, 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 Lil Wayne starts calling him the best rapper alive since mm-hmm. the best rapper retired. Mm-hmm. We live in the South. I'm an East Coast guy. Yeah. Even though I grew up here, 
like culturally culturally <laughs> i'm definitely an east coast guy I'm in the same boat bud exactly this was a hard time for us so it, it, exactly so that the discussions, a lot of fights, the debates, the arguments that I was having with people over this, like, how can you even begin to think that there's anyone <laughs> on this planet better than Jay-Z? Let me just say, I used to think I was literally missing something right? when people said that Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I, I would sit there and I would listen. I'd listen to all of his mixtapes, Gangsta Grills. Mm-hmm. Back to back to back to back. Well, dedication, the drought, all right. that. And I was like, the drought this is over. This is, I see why people like this. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it. Yeah. I still don't get it. Yeah. Like, this is not, this is not the best rapper. Yeah. Not even close. Not even fucking Not close. even in contention. Yeah. These are some good songs, sure. And I, you know, I knew of Lil Wayne <clears throat> back in the day when he was a little kid rapping. Right. Um, but no, never, never. And, and like, and I can see you could make a case for, I'd say from 2006 to like 2008, you can make a case for Lil Wayne being the best rapper at that point. Cause that's when his mixtapes were at an all time high. He was, his popularity was at an all time mm-hmm. high. He was crushing guest verses. Right. He was, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that people don't want to admit. Uh huh. Lil Wayne, the reason that he even stepped his game up in the first place is because he was doing a Jay-Z impression the whole time. When he started rapping at a high level where people started calling him the best rapper alive, Mm -hmm. he was doing a Jay-Z impression. And if you ask him, I guarantee you, Mm -hmm. he will tell you Mm -hmm. that that's all he was doing, was basically trying to sound like Jay-Z. He calls himself uh, um, basically... um, a guy from Louisiana who could be a member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Like, that's a line from him. Like, mm-hmm. he knows that when he stepped his bars up was when he started biting East was, Coast yeah, MCs. He was emulating something he found in the East Coast and melding, exactly. it, melding it with a sound from the South. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Like, most of the cats who are greats from anywhere else mm-hmm. usually can point to guys from... New York. Well, it started in New York. Yeah. So anybody that's been doing it long enough will look to that as an inspiration at right. some point. Right. At some point. Right. So that nothing wrong with that. Right. But you, you can't tell people that from around here. No. You can't tell people that in the South. No. That that's like, think about your favorite rapper. How different does he sound from uh, 1999 to 2009? He's mm-hmm. not even the same fucking guy. Right. Well, and and saying saying best is clearly like, what does best mean? Because mm-hmm. from an East Coast perspective, best means best lyricist, yeah, best written songs, like <clears throat> the, more the skill side of things as opposed to uh, uh, an unquantifiable yeah. vibe, yeah. Where that's a lot of what I think the best means for Southern rap, especially or, of that time, <clears throat> or even like on the opposite end of that. The easiest thing to quantify, which is financial success. Yeah. And true. that makes somebody the Popularity. best rapper of all time. Popularity, uh, albums sold, and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a debate for another day. Yeah. Believe you so, me. It's so hard it, not to I know, right? You just want to go down that road and just want to like pick it apart. Just want <sighs> to take the tweezers and just start nit picking. But pick, we're here to talk about nit. something else. So the needle drop 
as Obi said, well-respected music reviewer, all-around meme person. Seems like a cool guy. He uh, <clears throat> he came down hard on Lil Pump's new album, Harvard Dropout. Mm-hmm. He gave it a light four. Right. Uh, unsurprising to most people. I haven't listened to the record yet, so I'm not going to judge it. Um, I've listened to Lil Pump. I don't really expect much out of him. But... Uh, so he he posts this review, and then Kalani, who I think is an R and B singer, she is slash yeah. internet person, mm-hmm. beautiful person. Um, but I've never listened to any of her music. Don't, don't quantify her by her looks. I'm okay? sorry, she's beautiful. I'm super into her looks. You're disgusting. Maybe that makes me a shitty person. Sorry, pig. I didn't. I don't listen to. I haven't listened to any of her music. Mm-hmm. I will say I've seen pictures of her, and she's hot. I think she's on a thing, lot of features. The only thing I've... that I know, and this is kind of fucked up, but the only okay, thing here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing that I know about. I think most people. I think some people know where I'm going with this. Okay. The only thing that I know about Kalani is that, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. she was the one who tried to take her own life after she got internet bullied mm-hmm. with the whole Kyrie Irving thing. She was dating Kyrie uh-huh. Irving, and People say that she cheated on him or whatever, but okay. they actually had broken up before she was dating another person. Uh, and then, like, the internet took a hold of it. And, like, the internet, they, as it does, said, go kill yourself. Exactly. And she actually tried. Mm. And it was like this whole big thing. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of her. All okay. I know is, like, she's super hot. She has a bunch of tattoos and she tried to kill herself, which is fucked up. Okay. I know it's not the best way to know somebody. <laughs> fucking sue me. I'm not going to fucking investigate every single human being on the fucking planet just so that I'm more informed on things like that. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're very, I need- <laughs> you're very defensive right now. I need you to relax. Because I know where it's going to go. I know where it's going to go where it's like, you should know better. Mm-hmm. And I should. As a music reviewer myself, right. I should know better. Well, you know, maybe. As a podcast maybe, guy, we're podcast guys. We are, we're podcast guys. Maybe, maybe this conversation will lead to us exploring her music. Well, now that I've said all of these things out loud, mm-hmm. I'm definitely gonna listen to her music i'm 100 percent gonna sit down and listen to her music which i should have done before we got here but in any case we are here kalani goes on her twitter account and she starts not by name but we pretty much know who she's talking about mm-hmm. uh giving her two cents about somebody like anthony fantano a middle-aged white man her words mm-hmm. um Talking about the stories and the basically the voice of, and I don't mean like literal, I mean like the perspective, right? Uh, from a, a like a narrative standpoint <clears throat> of of certain MCs and certain musicians, and um, if he is quote unquote allowed to speak on those things because he's not from there, right? And, and that he uh, essentially. Non verbatim, because she ended up deleting she the tweets. The tweets, yeah. Um, but her argument was that you know you can't speak and you can't understand uh, music that is from a different culture than yours because you didn't live that experience. Yeah. And so you know you you shouldn't you shouldn't voice your opinion on stuff you don't know anything about. Yeah. Because you you won't get it. You won't connect on it on that level that you're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, to to truly appreciate and understand the music. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a pretty loaded conversation. Extremely. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of moving parts. With Lots this, to man. unpack here. Yeah. It's it's a it's a race discussion. 
it's a um uh financial discussion yeah class class um uh, musicianship I'm, right uh reviewer yeah if if critics the, the cri- are even criticism right yeah. discussion just i mean there's so much to unpack here it's really it's kind of hard to even know where to begin right because <clears throat> when you first see what she's saying gosh there's so much to it because like there's points where i agree and points where i disagree there's moments where i'm like i get it but then there's other moments where i'm like music to me music is like it's the universal language man everybody gets it mm-hmm. everybody gets it. <gasps> oh, excuse me everybody gets it right the problem is with hip hop hip hop is such a individual experience right yeah it's such a this is what i've been through mm-hmm. understand my story highly personal yeah you can go you can be a rock musician an r&b singer a country singer you can you can spend your entire career never talking about yourself telling stories about your neighbors telling stories about your loved ones telling stories about people that you've read stories about you could i mean it, the possibilities are endless and this is something that goes for hip-hop too i'm not trying to uh um uh, uh pigeonhole yeah uh, uh, rappers well yeah i was gonna say there's tons of hip-hop that's not <laughs> introspective yeah 100 i'm not saying that there's not i'm just saying that a huge part and maybe the biggest part the one thing that sets hip-hop apart from most other musical genres is that it is so personal mm-hmm. that most of it is based around who that person is that you're yeah. listening to at very least that persona of it's the, the cult of personality right that's what matters most with most mm-hmm. rappers well and it has to be because you don't have a band it's right. you it's all you it's you alone you're so, talking so that's people it. have to be interested in you as a person it's hard it's harder than most <laughs> musical genres to separate the artist from the art when mm-hmm. it comes to hip-hop yeah because people always want you to keep it real right right and if the kind of music that you make is keeping it real and talking about that street shit and all that other shit, you have to be that person that represents that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard for people to separate those two things. And when the rapper tries to, they get called a phony and it becomes a whole thing where like, oh, they're faking the funk, they're liars, they're, they're, they're you know... So you can't respect their artistic opinion. Case in point, somebody like Rick Ross, for instance. Right. Somebody who was making, I mean, just amazing mafioso hip-hop. Like, the shit is just, <clears throat> some of his shit is just, whew, Lord of mercy. Teflon Don, mm-hmm. borderline classic. Yeah. Coke rap. Coke rap. Love it. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing. It's just like, it, it's shit like that where it's like, man, I've never sold a bag of cocaine in my entire life, but... My favorite kind of rap is is, is cocaine <laughs> right. rap, man. I love it. I yeah. love listening to these. I love listening to rappers describe it as as intricately as possible. Mm-hmm. I love listening to the harrowing tales of selling cocaine, yeah. almost dying. I love mafioso rap. Mm-hmm. I love East Coast. I like. I love it. It's my yeah. favorite kind of hip hop of all time. Mm-hmm. It's the shit that I grew up on. Whenever somebody does it right, I'm like, yo, you understand it. Mm-hmm. You get it. I mean, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm obsessed with Daytona. So it's right. like it doesn't – that's the kind of shit that I just love. 
But that's not something that I can understand from a personal standpoint. No, 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 no. Never, never sold drugs in my life. Right. So what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, you don't really get it, man. Like what? I mean, well, that's what? that's the thing too. You were I, you were on a uh, a tangent about Rick Ross in particular. I feel because you're going to bring up the fact that he was found out to be a fraud himself. Right. Yes. Right. So, is it is it really you not getting it, or is it you getting it because the story he's telling is a story? Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a gritty uh, nonfiction. It's uh, maybe an amalgamation of things he's seen in movies and people he knows mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, just stories he's heard. And he just does it well. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's a problem with that. But inherently, within hip-hop, that's frowned upon because it is it is such a personalized <clears throat> uh, sort of storytelling, uh, type of music, genre yeah. of music. Because um, well, you break into... You break into the mainstream by being a guy who, against all odds, made it to where you are. Right. That hip-hop is the ultimate comeback story, the mm-hmm. ultimate like from-nothing story. Right. And so if you're a guy who had to sell drugs to survive, mm-hmm. you're already a person from the dirt. Right. You know? You're coming up from the fucking... Well, and also it's, uh, but people outside of that world find that interesting just in the way we were talking about last week about true crime. It's like, it's a view into a dark world that you would never set foot in, Mm -hmm. but it's still something that you can't help but, you know, stare at out of your window. Yeah. You know, it's just stuff that is interesting to, to people who aren't from that world. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> you know, it's fucked up. Yeah. And we're like, we're, 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 and I mean, myself included, like, just like watching from a distance, you right. know, watching from the safe space Safety. of my, right. you know what I'm saying? And, right, and right. watching these people go through these things. Well, and, and that's, but it's not, in a way, it's not fucked up because these are stories being told by people willingly. <clears throat> that's true. You they know, want they, us to hear these they stories. They want us to know what they've been through. They want us to enjoy these stories. Right. They well, want us to pay money for these if stories. Not, if not enjoy, at least understand yeah. and, and learn from these stories, you know? That's why a story is told <clears throat> in the first place. It's not because the person doesn't want it to be heard. It's because right. they want it to be heard. Right. It's something that they feel like, you know, you may get something out of. Mm-hmm. No, that's, so, that's a good point. And that kind of brings us back to Kalani right. and Anthony Fantano. Why these why these guys are telling their stories. Right. And who are they intended for? Mm-hmm. Who is supposed to understand them? And if somebody doesn't understand them, whose fault is that? Mm-hmm. Are they allowed to speak on those things if they don't understand those things, if they've never been from those right. places, they've never been to those places, never done those things? My problem is music. <clears throat> It's exactly what you basically what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like those guys, they made they're famous off of telling these stories. They're mm-hmm. they're famous because people are interested in their lives. Mm-hmm. They've made a compelling argument for us to pay attention to them. Right. If a white middle-aged man listens to this record and doesn't like the music, doesn't like the way that this person raps, mm-hmm. doesn't like the way that the, the beats sound, doesn't like the cohesion of the record. Right. I think that it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Unpack so, it. There's so much Unpack to get it. here. 
on the one hand, if somebody like Anthony Fantano is speaking on someone's story, mm-hmm. where they came from, who they are as a person, I agree with Kalani on that. You can't sit here and talk about where a person came from and, and how they view the world because you haven't been to those places. You haven't been to those dark places. You haven't been right. in those positions to see the world that they see it. You know, if somebody actually came from the dirt, actually came from hardship, mm-hmm. actually had to do these things just to make it out, yeah, I agree. You shouldn't be able to speak on those experiences. Right. The problem is she picked the wrong target, in my opinion. Right. And... and- to be fair, she went on the next day, which is today, actually, mm-hmm. um, yesterday for listeners, um, that she clarified and said that apparently people took that tweet mm-hmm. and ran with it to their uh, quote unquote favorite music reviewers mm-hmm. across the internet when she meant it specifically for uh, a less well known music critic that wrote a piece uh, that specifically criticized um, I guess the storytelling and the uh, calling it like cliche mm. and yeah okay that makes sense okay <clears throat> because when I was reading her tweets the since deleted tweets right what she was saying I was like we watched the Harvard dropout review Right. Uh, he didn't. She didn't. He didn't say anything that she was talking about. So that's. I was confused by that. So I'm glad that she clarified that. Yeah. Really wish that she would just say who she's talking about. Yeah, but I guess her her perspective, I would assume, is that she doesn't want to give them more uh, clicks by yeah, doing that. I guess. But, but we live in the internet age. It's like, you know, whatever. I mean, what what are you doing reading these reviews anyway? Then, if they're just some lowly fucking underbelly reviewer from like some shithole gazette or whatever. What what the fuck do you care? Why are you reading this review? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, stepped her foot in it because it was was vague enough that people, uh, I, 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 she made it seem like more than just Anthony Fantana was involved in this entire thing. Well, yeah, the way that it read was like, Basically, white people aren't allowed to speak on black experiences, mm-hmm. black and brown experiences. Right. And she she went on to clarify <clears throat> what she specifically meant, which was more of a thing, of, like I said, about, you know, you you can't comment on stuff you don't understand. Yeah. You can comment on the music all you want. You can yeah. comment on your thoughts on the, the, the project. Yeah. But once you start getting into criticism of the the story being told itself. Yeah. The 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 meat of the story sure you can disagree with how it's told but what what the story is itself is when she says that you know you need to you need to realize that you're not from that world so therefore you wouldn't get it i mean i completely agree with her on that and that's where i had this dramatic turnaround and i was at last night i said fuck that yeah and today i woke up going I get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, she makes, I mean, that's, that's compelling argument. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I completely 100% agree with her on that. If, if you're not, I would never even begin to start trying to tell somebody, you know, how, you know, 
try to criticize how somebody's telling their story. Like I can yeah. give them advice on like how you can make it more articulate, right. how you can make it sound more skillful, mm-hmm. how you can make it sound better musically. Right. Elements but I of would, storytelling. Yeah, I would never in a million years be like, I mean, you shouldn't say that and you right. shouldn't do this and you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't get it, man. I wasn't from that place. I've never, I've never. And I, if somebody tried to tell me about my perspective, mm-hmm. I would be like, listen, if you want to talk about the music itself, we can do that all day. I right. love it. But don't tell me what I can and can't talk about. Right. Like who I am as a person. Well, and that's the thing too, is this entire thing kind of <clears throat> made me really think about it. And who's anybody to say what the target audience is for any music? Yeah. If you find it, you find it. Yeah. So I don't want to hear from because I've seen this. I've seen this perspective before, where people are saying like, white people aren't allowed to listen to this. White people aren't allowed to like this. This isn't for white people. Yeah. You know, this is for black or brown people. It's it's great that you're focusing on black and brown people. But at the same time, like if you know if Tommy over here digs your shit, let him. What's the problem? I don't understand what the problem is. I I understand like if you if you're not focusing on him, Mm -hmm. but if it touches him in a way, let him like it. What's the problem with that? Well, the I think um, it's just I I think that the issue is to kind of go back to what I was saying before about like my obsession with coke rap. Right. Why does a person like Tommy? Yeah, it's middle middle class mm-hmm. white kid who had a really good upbringing. Right. Why is he so into it in the first place? Well, it's I mean, think about think about Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. You know, when John Connor's wearing the NWA shirt. Right. You look at that and go, fuck this kid. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you don't. You, you see that and you go, that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, but it's it's because maybe maybe just maybe. I mean, every every scenario is different, but maybe it's just he found something new and interesting in it maybe he found a a point of view he never had yeah. growing up well and you can't you can't go around asking every single person why are you into this right you know which is what hip hop does yeah. if you ever go to like a hip hop club or a concert yeah and you don't seem to fit people might check you a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. you know yeah so especially uh, in the uh, the quote unquote real hip hop crowds, they <laughs> have no issue with fucking G checking you like like why are you here? What are, what are you into? Blah, what you blah, listen blah. to? Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Neil Young, bro. That's what I, I love Neil to. Young. Like, leave me alone. I'm really into L C D sound system. Yeah. Seriously. You can't have that conversation with, with I remember one time, this is kind of off, off subject, but we were at a cipher <clears throat> back when I was I was maybe 17, 18. Which is a group of rappers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who spit their shit. Mm-hmm. Spit it right at each other's faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the after it was over and everyone was just kind of shooting the shit or whatever, some guy was talking about how Slick Rick is not only one of the greatest storytellers of all time, but probably one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah. And we are just like, dude... Everyone loves Slick Rick. Right. But stop it. Don't okay? Do that. Stop it. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. I love Slick Rick. Mm-hmm. Slick Rick is not a top five rapper no. of all time. No. He's not. No. Stop it. No. And I mean no disrespect to Rick the Ruler. He's not a top five. He's MC. not. Stop it. He's not. He's not. He was an early great. Yeah. For sure. But early, if, early great. If, if, you, if you tell me you know more than a uh, children's story, right. I'm going to call you a liar. Right. 
Exactly. The only, I mean, I only have um, The Adventures of Slick Rick. It's right. It's the only album I have. It's the only one you need. Right. It's all you need. So let's let's stop it with shit like that. Right. And that's the kind of shit that, those are the kind of weeds that you'll get into with people like that. Yeah. Who like try to G-check you on some shit. And it's like, dude, really? This is the kind of, this is the conversation we're going to have? <laughs> this, is why, this is what we're going to do here? This is one of the reasons I stopped going to those ciphers. Yeah. Because it was just too focused on like. Yeah, but what you know about Kumo D? Yes. Oh, can we bring like the 80s and 90s back, bro? Like this new shit is just whack, bro. But yeah, man, I watched a documentary or two myself. <laughs> Relax. Like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to the breakdancing competitions. <laughs> we can also do other things. Right. There's know? other there's other elements to hip hop here, guys. Yeah. When's the last time you've been to a club or, or, a, or a bar and some dude just started breakdancing and you were like, oh, this is awesome. It's like, no, this is weird. No, <laughs> like, don't do that. Unless it's a specific event for it. Yeah, of course. Of like course. like, like the, uh, the, the little indies locally, the little yeah. indies uh, like old school nights and with the DJs. old school hip hop and you're like, this right. is dope. And the right. guy start breakdancing uh-huh. and you're like, oh, it's been taken to another right. level. This, this is, is the venue for it. Yes, exactly. This is right. the spot. But motherfuckers be in the middle of the club. And like the DJ's trying to get creative with it and starts playing like Return of the Mac and then motherfuckers start breakdancing and shit. It's like, okay, stop it. Stop it. People don't like nobody wanna see that shit. Nobody wants to like fucking spread out and give you a fifteen minute a fifteen foot diameter so that back up, you back can up, back up. start breakdancing, like spinning on your head and shit. Stop it. <laughs> anyway, we're kind of way in the weeds we again. Got into a tangent. But okay, Kalani kind of I wouldn't say that she backstepped. She, or backpedaled, but she clarified. Yeah, which was needed. On it. Yeah, which was needed from her original but, tweets. But why go on Twitter and start talking all this crazy shit in the first place, and then deleting the tweets? Right. And then the next day, clarifying deleted tweets. Yeah, I mean that's that's one thing because Anthony Fantano kind of underlined that fact of like if I'm like when he thought it was about him, he said. You know, I'm fine with people, with artists disagreeing with me and hating me, not liking me, mm-hmm. not liking me. Um, but at least don't delete tweets. Yeah. Like if you're going to say some stuff, stick by it. Stick by it. That's it. So I agree with that. Even if it's not about him, like don't, don't backpedal. Yeah. Especially if you're going to just further clarify your point the next day. Right. Keep it up. If you really feel that way, keep it up. And then the other thing is like, you okay, you're going to clarify some shit that people can't even, what? So people, like people who are new to the discussion, they go, well, why is she, what is she even right. clarifying? Well, I, and that's why I, I looked on her, our, on those tweets, the replies specifically the, the replies. And yeah. it's like, there was a few people that are like, what, what are you even talking about? Yeah. And then like her other fans had to be like, oh, she just said some stuff, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, we had you back. We had you back, blah, blah, blah. Like she apparently has a, a pretty good following. Yeah. Apparently she has a pretty decent following. So good for her. Yeah. I don't know anything that she's done, man. <laughs> you probably do. I've heard her. I've heard her mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's because of some features she's had, some like high profile features or yeah. something. Um, don't quote me on that, but we'll look her up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll look her up. I mean, no disrespect to the girl. No, we just we're not familiar. Just yeah, again, can't be familiar. With fucking everybody. Everybody, right? It's hard. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe this entire thing um, is good for her. Gets yeah. her a few more listeners. Maybe we listen to her and we really like her. Yeah, you know. I mean, she's gonna be called a race baiter, and um, I don't think so. I don't think no? so. I, I think she's insulated from a lot of that. Mm, yeah, maybe. Just because her fans are there, and you know, I don't know. I think white people find that shit. 
<laughs> fucking find that shit. <clears throat> they do. They find that shit. You go online and they fucking. You're like, how'd you, how'd you even hear about this shit? Where'd you even come from? <laughs> Where are you from? Not all white people. I'm just saying, there are a select few. Who, hashtag not all white people. Hashtag, hashtag not all whites. But some of them, they like to go, they like to scour the internet and they'll find that shit and they will argue you to the death. And it's like, where'd you even, who are you? Where'd you come from? Why are we doing this? Why am I having this discussion <laughs> with you? Go home. Go home. Get off the internet. Get off your computer. <laughs> But, you know, that's what Twitter's good for, right? Right. That's what fucking people do on there all day long. Yeah. I don't know how people have the time. I go on there and I see tweets from people and it's like, what have you been doing all day? Yeah. The Honestly, the only time I tweet is when I have <clears throat> a good enough tweet in mind. Yeah. Like, I will, I will sit there and I will workshop a tweet. <laughs> now you're overthinking it. I Well, no, I, I do. And I, I think about the different... Because I'll, I'll put out the general drafts, right? Mm. I'll just I'll, I'll just type it out and I'll read it and I'll go. Is there a better way to say this? <laughs> I'll work it a couple times. Yeah, and I'll come to you know an agreement in my own head about what what sounds and looks good. I throw it out there and then inevitably five minutes later I reread it and I go fuck. <laughs> Could have been better. Could have been better. Could have been better. Better than this. Better than this. Um, but yeah. Well, see, that's how people get up to like fifty thousand tweets. They don't think about it. They just start spitballing shit. Yeah. Every thought that they have, they tweet it. Yeah. See, I'll go on like Twitter rants. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you listen to this podcast, you're like, this guy is fucking blowhard. Dude, Probably. Real life rants. <laughs> Who needs Twitter? Those will, those will be on there. <clears throat> They're on here. If I can, you can call me up and I can rant about stuff. <laughs> but, uh, we yeah. need a hotline. I used to. I, yeah, right? <laughs> Email us. One beer in. At gmail.com. G- give us something to rant about. And now we, we, we will rant about it. We'll give you something to rant about. Rant about love. We'll rant about love. Mm-hmm. I'll go in about love, baby. I'll go in about love, baby. Uh, <clears throat> Kalani makes a compelling argument. Fantano makes a compelling argument. A lot of the people who replied, they had some compelling things to say. Most of them don't. Because most people <laughs> on Twitter are fucking stupid, but um, it's it's kind of hard to come to a fine line on this kind of thing, you know, because it's such a fluid thing. Right. Each person, each artist that comes out and has a perspective on something, even if it's the same perspective that you've heard a thousand times, mm-hmm. cliche. It's it's still like okay, but. Who are you to judge this person's perspective on this thing? Right. Even if they have the same exact perspective as somebody else, maybe because they went through the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you are telling a story and I'm telling a story right. and we have the same perspective because we come from the same place right. and somebody's listening to both stories, mm-hmm. you can kind of make that connection. Oh, both of these guys are from Orlando. Mm-hmm. That's why they have that perspective. Yeah. Both of these guys yeah. were raised by they have east coast aesthetics that's <laughs> right. why they look at things the way that they look at things right but when you are asking people to listen to your music mm-hmm. and then you have a perspective you have a voice mm-hmm. and the next guy has the same exact voice right i think that the onus is on the artist 
to make your voice and your perspective mm-hmm. more interesting than mm-hmm. the next person's. Right. To help you stand out and to make sure that you're different. Yeah. Because there's it's one thing to have the same perspective on a story on yeah. a on a on a a, 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 a viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But this is music, man. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what sets you apart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, you know, something I keep thinking about in this conversation is actually a conversation I had a very, very long time ago at this point. It's probably been at least six, seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to my old friend Greg. Uh, Shout out to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Um, it had to be actually, it had to be longer than that. It was probably in late high school. Mm hmm. Late high school, early college, around there. Um, I was listening to tons of Illmatic, yeah. as I do, <laughs> as one does, as one does. And I, you know, I'd always play it in the car, and he, you know, obviously he kept listening to it because we used to hang out all the time. And after a while, he's like, you know, I just, I always, this guy's from North Carolina, mind you. It's like, you know, I, I, I like this music, but I don't get why they keep. Like Nas keeps just shouting out Queens all the time. <laughs> like I don't get like I don't like that's fine, but like <laughs> if I'm not from Queens, how do I get this? Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like mm-hmm. why why make it that specific? And I told him it's because this started out as something that was unique about him. Mm-hmm. That he got to this point that he needed to uh, he needed to specifically shout out Queens and his his neighborhood because he knew what those people went through. Yeah. And he knew the hardships and he was there for all that. Yeah. So he had to, like nobody else was doing it. Nobody else was doing it at the time that was from his specific neighborhood. Yeah. So it was it's like a like a graffiti artist is going to put up something, you know, local, uh, something about them that will go, go wide because they want to put like a little. Just, just have their name out there somewhere, some some little qualifier, yeah, to be like that's me, that that's 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 who I am. So, I feel like the best hip hop artists do that, and that's where the the best hip hop comes from. Really, is you know you you talk about you're just saying how you know you, you need to stand out. Well, <clears throat> somebody stands out like Nas and Illmatic, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody stands out like Kendrick with the new school of West Coast hip hop, yeah. right? Talks about very specific things that, you know, we wouldn't get. Mm-hmm. We don't get that. But then it becomes a trend in a way yeah. and gets taken over and becomes an entire movement of stuff until it 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 becomes cliche. Mm-hmm. That's just the wave of things. Right. You know, so I think it's you do need to carve out your own niche but inevitably if that becomes successful enough it becomes cliche yeah so it's just a a a, a process it's a it's a circle of, of of how this entire thing works out yeah so i don't know i guess if you're successful enough you uh you live long <clears throat> enough to become a cliche yeah <laughs> and i wonder I wonder how Kalani would feel if a black reviewer who's from the hood also said the same exact thing. Would mm-hmm. that be okay? If he said, I've heard this story before. It's boring. I don't want to hear it anymore. From her, from what she said, yeah. 
that would be okay. It, it would be okay because yeah. he understands that story. And right, he can and say he still that. doesn't like it. That's interesting to me. I mean, because he has more knowledge, mm-hmm. and he has the experience. He has a similar perspective. Yeah, so he can say with full knowledge, "I've heard the story before, and I think you can tell it better." Right. Versus a white person who's never been to that place says the same exact thing because they've been studying hip hop for mm-hmm. so long. Like if somebody like okay like um <clears throat> like a lot of people got mad at Ian Rapper or Michael Rapperport right um Ian Rapperport's a, uh, another sports guy which is weird they both have the same last name <laughs> but Michael Rapperport <clears throat> uh comedian actor internet personality they got mad at him because he said that Meek Mill was trash he said I like his story <laughs> yeah I, saw I the like entire thing <laughs> yeah so people got mad at him right. And then Meek, Meek Mill, Mill was mad at him. Yeah, Meek <laughs> Mill was like, yo, you was begging me to take a fucking picture, and now all of a sudden I'm trash. Like, what are you talking about? Which, you know, if that's true, that's whack as fuck. Yeah. Like, you're going to basically, like, fanboy over this dude when you see him in person, and then now you're sitting here trying to call him trash. Not, I'm not on board with that. And yeah. for the record, I like Meek Mill. I don't think he's trash at all. I think he's... Exact opposite. I think mm-hmm. the Duke can spit. I think Championships is a great album. Oh, Michael Rapport's a very much old school dude. Yeah, he has some weird old school perspectives that I'm not a fan of. Right. I like guys who understand. I like guys who are purists, but also like the new shit and don't mm-hmm. hate on the new shit. Right. Michael Rapport does that for the most part, but sometimes he has some really old school thoughts on things. Like his top five is like weird. Cool Modi, Big Daddy Kane, right. Rakim. And like it's like, Okay, dude, I get it. You listen to rap in the eighties, like, yeah. all right, but Kumo D, really? <laughs> like, okay, really, right, really. It's improved. <laughs> it's improved since then. Yeah, it's like saying <clears throat> you think the Model T is the best car ever made. Exactly. It's like, yes, that's where it came from. We right. get it. The history is beautiful. It. Stop it. Right. Okay. Stop it. There's guys who will rap an infinity sign. Around Kumo D. Okay, stop it. Yeah. Um, But that's neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is, like, it's the same argument that Michael Rappaport, no matter how well versed he is in hip hop, and he is well versed. Yeah. The guy's been there since almost the beginning. He does have the credentials. I mean, he was the guy who Q Tip asked personally Mm -hmm. to make the um, uh, Tribe Called Quest documentary and I know right. a lot of people brought that up as like the reason why he's allowed to talk mm. about hip hop but it is a compelling case yeah. like he's from New York he's he he's was been, around yeah he's been around the... like he gets it but the fact of the matter is he's still a white dude mm-hmm. who didn't live those experiences mm-hmm. he was just around he saw it yeah and so there's still he, value in that though. I, and I, and that's what I, I don't think that we should ever, like, I don't agree with the fact that like somebody like Michael Rappaport's not allowed to voice his opinion. Right. Because he's not, he's not, okay. He's not from Philly or he's not from, you know, these, the, the, the he's not from the dirt. He's not from the, you know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have the kind of upbringing well, that somebody it's, else had. So he's not allowed to talk about it. I feel it. like that's not even, that's not even the, uh, the argument here. It's, it's that he's white. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's all that's it simply is. What it is. That's all it is. Yeah. Cause he's from the city. He's not, he's not a suburban kid from what I understand. Or he wasn't <clears> from that <throat> upbringing, but just because he's not from literally 
the culture. Yeah. But he was raised up in the hip hop culture. People look down on him still. Yeah. I just, and yeah, I just don't, I just don't agree with that, man. Like I disagree with his opinion wholeheartedly, but I would never say that he's not allowed to have right. an opinion. Right. Well, and that's, that's the thing that frustrates me so much is that I, I mean, from my perspective, everyone's allowed their opinion. Yeah. I, I mean, you ask somebody who, who's wearing boots and a cowboy hat, what's your opinion on Meek Mill? They can have an opinion on Meek Mill. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I mean, if they you got an opinion, <clears throat> if you don't respect it, you don't want to hear it. That's one this thing. This is this is what it boils down to, though, is that it's up to you to know who your reviewer is. Who's the critic? Yeah. Understand who the critic is and take their opinion based on that. Yeah. Based on those merits. If you don't like the opinion, if you don't want to listen to the opinion of a middle-aged white man. Uh, for a hip hop album, then don't. Yeah, there are other options out there for you. Yeah, you don't have to listen to that opinion alone, but that person deserves that opinion. They can have an opinion. Right. It may be, in your opinion, uh, you know, ill advised or you know, just bad. But at the same time, that's their perspective. That's their opinion on it, and that's a unique thing. That's mm-hmm. their own thing. That's they bring whatever the, their experience is. And you know what that is by researching your critics. Mm. So all all criticism is, is somebody's opinion at the end of the day. So know who those people are who are giving you those opinions mm. and take what you want from it. Yeah. That's it. Simple as that. You don't have to limit other people because you don't like their opinion. Yeah. You, you All you do is filter out the ones that you don't like. Simple as that. Yeah. And I mean... Do you need validation from these people? Like, from the artist standpoint, mm. do you need validation from a guy like Anthony Fantano? If you do, then I think you have a deeper issue. Right. If you need validation from these guys. Yeah. You know. Should be confident enough in your work. You've got millions of people who are buying and coming to your shows. That's validation enough. Yeah. So. All right. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think we pack, unpacked that nearly as much as we could, but we tried did our best we, we tried i think the suitcase is halfway unpacked yeah got Just some socks in there still but some dildos and stuff all Wait, right huh what yeah what <laughs> i found your lightsaber all right we as beer experts shut up people who live <laughs> in the beer culture we live for this we live in that shit we know this shit front to back boy we don't know shit about beer we really don't. We don't know shit about we it. We know what it tastes like. We know what it tastes like, and we know what we like. And that's all we can really tell tell you guys. So if you're look if you look into the One Beer and Podcast for expert beer reviews on the ABVs and the BYUs and the BUDs and the ADDs and blah, 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 you're not going to get that. But we will tell you how it tastes. Mm-hmm. And I'll let you start, Obi. Um, so when I first tried this i hated it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it had it had really almost something that was close to the flavor of like a um uh i don't know like a uh um a maraschino cherry oh yeah you know that like deep artificial cherry syrup flavor Mm -hmm. that's the first thing that hit me and i went oh yeah because i wasn't expecting it um, however, I will say, uh, 
by the end of it, I warmed up to it a bit. All yeah. right. I'll still not say it's my favorite. It's not great. Mm. Um, but the, I don't know, the flavor kind of uh, ended up subsiding a bit for me once I got used to it. I acclimated. I a little more intoxicated. Uh, yeah, potentially. <laughs> um, it's just a very strong beer. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'd say all things, all things considered, um, not bad. Wouldn't pick it again at the same time. What would you give it? I'd give it a four. I think that's a solid score. Yeah. It did its job. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I, I wasn't taken aback by it so much when I first sipped it. It's very strong. Extremely, yeah. Flavor is it. It's not just strong. It's not just like um, alcohol strong. It's the, the it's flavor very strong. flavorful. Kicks you right in the mouth. Well, that's the thing about Funky Buddha. Yeah, I mean, we said it at the top of the show. That's what they're known it, for. Yeah, that's our just, mo. Exactly. They're very. They really go for it. And so, the one thing that this does make me interested in is the rest of the mixology series. Yeah, I'd like to know. Funky Buddha's take on all the rest of them. Yeah, so uh, we talked about this before the show, but their releases for 2019 are going to be... Uh, currently, they have their Manhattan Double Rye, which is for spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer's going to have a Margarita Gose. Uh, that then sounds good. Fall is going to have a Winter Sangria Saison. And finally, Winter will have a Zombie Ale. I think Winter... I think Winter, they should try to do like a... Like something with like a porter, you know. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, I even feel like for spring a uh, a, a a a double. Uh, what, let's let's see what's the actual beer in this. It's oh, a in this one? a Belgian double, right? This is yeah, this is the Belgian double, right? So I think a Belgian double for spring is a little strong. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would have probably gone for something a little bit lighter, honestly. Yeah. Not that I'm complaining because, you know, it's, it's a good amount of alcohol in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think it would be interesting to try the uh, the lighter side of these to see what they can do with something maybe a little more subtle. Yeah. Like the uh, well, margarita. The, and, well, and the other thing is, like, it's kind of hard to, like, this is kind of hard to be subtle. Like, a yeah. Belgian triple is already not very subtle. No, no, no. Yeah, it's like yeah, super, and, super strong, super yeah. sweet. And then, and then when you, and then when you try to do something flavorful with it, you try to make it even more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, they have to pull the wheel real hard on yeah. the other end. Like, how far are we gonna go? How far are right. we going with this shit? Yeah. All that being said, I'd probably give it a four point five. Okay. Like when I first, I like I said, I wasn't as taken aback by when I first drank it. Um, maybe it is the fact that it's so strong that <laughs> by the time I got to the end of it, I was like, man, eh, it's pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's about where I ended up to. Pretty good. That's about where I ended up to. So I'm going to give it 4.5. All right. So a 4.5 for myself, Marco Dupa, a four for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. This has been the one Baron podcast for myself, Marco Dupa, for Adam Obesius Rodriguez. Yeah, buddy. Thank you guys for listening. Drink delicious beer. And always, always, always. Have yourself a beautiful evening.